Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran, a ministry of Worship Generation Church in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. And that's that. And they're still trying to rebuild the causeways to the island. Like, things just happen. You know, we own property in Vero Beach. Vero Beach got hit with a hurricane last week. It'll test you. It'll test you when a hurricane's coming right to where your wealth is at. I can tell you, I failed a lot of tests, but I didn't fail that one. I didn't worry about it. I was, we had a new grandson. Dune was born on Monday, and Hurricane Natalie, I already forgot her name. She hit on Wednesday. Went right underneath everything. Hey, if you lose everything, it was the Lord's in the first place. He can replace it. If he doesn't want to, that's his business. It's that simple. I tell people we have a good plan for time, and if it all gets obliterated, we had a good plan. Yeah, like, we had a good plan, and we have have a generous heart, and that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. It always begins with where we're at. It begins with the jar of oil you have in the house. See, if the jar of oil in the house, the the coin in the piggy bank, the money in the bank, the job you have, if that's truly the Lord's, then you're in a place where he can bless you. And if what you lose is lost, it's it's the Lord's loss. Someone, someone gave us a car one time. Actually, a lot of people give us cars, and we give them away. It's really fun. You ask for cars, you give them, then you give them away. It's a great thing. But the first car that we had, someone tried to steal it, and that's why I almost got stabbed, but that's a different story. But then we gave it to a woman in the drug and alcohol ministry who needed a car. Single mom, couple kids. Well, then a drunk driver totaled the car in Vista in the middle of the night. Totaled it. It was a wash. And that car was the Lord's. I remember just going like, Lord, someone totaled your car. That's very liberating. My car. No, Lord, someone totaled your car. I'll be. Well, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, so he owns every car dealership. And if someone down there, you know, Hoenn Motors wants to give me a new car, then they'll call me up and give me a new car. You say, oh, Joy, that's impossible. No, it's not. Because, you know, I've had people call me up to give me money, lots of it. God can do what he wants to do. But he's got to own who you are. See, if he owns your heart, he owns your, your, your jar of oil. And if he owns your jar of oil, he definitely owns your heart. Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And store up treasures in heaven. So if we got one jar of oil in the house, we want to make sure it belongs to Jesus and it's stored in heaven. Amen? It always begins with what we have. God adds, he subtracts, and he can multiply. But it always begins. Financial stability begins with what we have, and that it belongs to the Lord. Like the boy with the fish and the loaves, he can multiply it. Then we see, second of all, from the starting point. So if you're in financial hardship and you listen to this message either through K-Wave or podcast or whatever, all in with the Lord. Don't make him one-tenth of your life. Make him all of your life and give him a tenth. 
and show him you can live within your means and save 10% of what you're earning every month as well. See, the person, listen, before we move on to this first point, I've learned this. The person that can save money every month will save money next month. If you can save money this month, no matter what the circumstances, you will save money next month. But if you do not save money this month, you will not save money next month, which means you'll just keep living paycheck to paycheck. So if you can tithe, honor the Lord first, and save, you will be blessed and you will become more the head, not the tail, and you'll be part of the solutions instead of the problems. And you won't need to depend upon government to take care of you. The Lord would have us be the head, not the tail, spiritually. I'm talking spiritual. Economic is just the results of spiritual for the kingdom. See, these guys make $140 billion and they lose $80 billion in one week because their stock went down. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about you and me being dependent upon the living God and being faithful stewards with what he gives us. And if we're faithful of little things, he'll give us more things. Follow the money trail. There's two things you can always learn about people. How they spend their money, so look at your checking account, and how they spend their time. Because we will find money to reflect what we really are living for, and we will make time for what we really want to do. Those are two things I've learned in the human experience. Now, the second thing here, it starts where we're at, but we need to see the promise in the things, we need faith. So there's a beginning of God really taking hold of our economics and getting us out of things and taking us forward. But we need to have faith, and we see that the, we, in verse 4 it says, so Elisha says, do not gather just a few. So that means go get a bunch. We'll come back to that. But when you've come in, once you've gathered, you'll shut the door behind you. He's, give, he's given him steps. He's given her and her son steps of what to expect. So he's telling him what the next thing is to go forward, and then the next thing and the next thing. So he's actually playing out a plan of action. Here's a plan of action to get you out of your financial situation. You're going to get as many vessels as you can. You're going to bring them back here. You're going to close the door. Then you take your one vessel that has oil in it, and you start filling these vessels. And the ones that are full, you set aside. Oh, wait. That's a promise. He is speaking the promise to her before it's seen, just like the promise of Christ to raise us from the grave when we step into eternity. That this mortal will put on immortality. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And this is a promise you need to see closely. He is speaking to her what will be and what is promised when it has not yet come. And what is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not yet seen. But without faith, it's impossible to please God because those who come to him, like the widow, must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, he gave her a visual. He gave her a visual of many full vessels before she'd even gathered any vessels. He gave her a visual that her one vessel of oil would make many vessels of oil. Behind that closed door, he gave her the visual. And the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is nonstop visuals of promises to you and me for our salvation, our eternal destiny, our hope, our, the purposes, his work in our life, the purposes of our life, our calling. It's all there and it's all promised to us. This is a promise from the man of God to her that before she ever sent her boys out to the neighbor's house, before she ever began the, the process of moving in direction, it was promised to her a visual of what would happen if she believed. 
which reminds us in all these promises of God in our life. And again, the context is economic. So I'm sticking to economics because that is the context of the text, right? We see that clearly. But this certainly applies as a whole to all the Bible promises, to our health, to our life, and these things that we face in the human experience, including the last day of the Lord. We need to see the promises fulfilled. When I think about stepping into eternity, I don't think about so much breathing my last, but going to glory. Do you? When you think about breathing your last, do you think like, oh no, what I'm leaving behind? I think about what I'm going to, who I'm going to, the glory. I, when I think about my, my last day on earth, I think about this mortal putting on immortality, this corruptible putting on incorruptibility, this terrestrial putting on celestial. I see glory. I think about the 24 elders and the crowns being thrown before Jesus in Revelation 5. I think about endless praise in a whole other dimension that there's nothing to compare to it because I has not seen nor ear heard. But it is promised to me and you. I'm very excited for my last day on planet Earth because I'll be the first day in the next dimension in glory with Jesus Christ. Or as Pastor Chuck would say, don't you dare bring me back. I don't need you to bring me back. I'll say like Paul said to the Philippians, it's good for you if I stay, but it's better for me if I go. And all these promises, this book is a book of promises from the God of the universe who made trillions of galaxies and knows every cell of the 70 trillion cells in your body that comes from the first cell at the point of conception. There's no accident or mistakes. The deaf, the dumb, the blind, the lame, he's made them all. And we're all for his glory. In Jesus' name. And we need to believe his promises. We need to know his promises and apprehend his promises. And in this context, financially, God is for us not being in debt. Particularly in America, because not only should we not be in debt, we should be sowing bountifully for those who don't have the same opportunities we have as U.S. citizens. We need to have faith. I love how he gave her the visual. When those boys went out not having one vessel, she, had, she could have a picture in her mind of full vessels and what she was going to do with those full vessels with the one vessel of oil she had. This is something we should be thinking about later on. When you go home and you go over your notes or you think about this message, you think about this because I didn't touch this on Tuesday night. Elisha gave her a visual of full vessels and where to put them and what to do with them when she didn't even have one of them in her house yet. That's faith. And that's how it is, the glory and eternity. And that's why I rejoice for the day of the Lord. We need to see the promises. We need to believe the promises. We need to speak the promises. We need to be the promise. We need to be the promise on display. People need to see us as in Jesus' name in 2022. If we're not standing for the promises of God, who's gonna? In a world of such despair and despondency, if the believers that claim Christ as our Lord and Savior, that have all the promises and the hope of heaven, if we're not standing and being the promises of God, who's gonna? There's so much negative deception in the world. We need to leave. We, need, we all believers in planet Earth just need to be shining for the Lord now more than ever and reflecting a believing faith for all the promises of God for time and eternity. And I do say speak the promises, not because people have bad doctrine that misinterprets this, but because out of the abundance of a heart does a woman speak or a man speak. And if your heart is filled with the promises of God, you're going to speak the promises of God. That's how we're told in 2 Corinthians to take thought 
captive, every thought captive that aligns itself against Christ and opposes Christ. So if we're speaking the promises of God and we're speaking the person of Christ, the position of Christ, the finished work of Christ, if these are the things coming out of our heart and these are the things in our mind, then, then we're bringing life and edification everywhere we go. See, when my heart, when I say something that I shouldn't have said, I like to catch it. I said something to my wife the other night. Not, I was telling her a story about something that happened, and my perspective on the story, I just thought, wow, that was, Lord, I, I don't like how that sounded, you know? Like, I just, I don't like how I, I saw those people in that situation. See, it was my heart being reflected. I said these things about these people, these general people down at the beach in Huntington, they were being rude and inconsiderate. There's no doubt about that. Anyone's, anyone's standard, they're rude and inconsiderate. But I, I, I made it more than that when I spoke with my wife. I thought, no, Jesus died on the cross for everybody. And I, and I need to, I need to like not think like this toward anybody. Because he died for these people. And I just can't be so thin-skinned that I'm offended because they act like this in public and rude toward everyone around them. See, the heart is revealed in our words. And since we'll give an account for all of our words, it's really important to pay attention to our heart. When we speak on people's lives and we speak into people's lives, we want to speak love, grace, truth, mercy, life, promises. Amen? Amen. Don't you want to be what you speak? Because there's plenty of people speaking falsehood, lies, deception, discouragement, debasery, debauchery. Let's speak life and holiness and purity in the kingdom. And when you speak those promises, you're just consistently keeping your mind focused on who's made those promises and them coming to pass for time and eternity. I think it's really important that we know the promises of God's word, that we believe that we receive them, we believe them. I think most believers have no concept of how great the promises are for their life. I believe we're pretty good at it, but I want to get better. I want to believe God for great things. I don't want to be small-minded with the God of the universe who gave his son to die on the cross for me and you. I want to be the promise. I want to be the promises of God on display. I want to be the proof of sanctification and salvation by grace. I want to be the proof that God's mercy is real because I can show his mercy. I want to be the proof that forgiveness happens because I've been forgiven and I'm not the same person I was. That People remember me from when I was younger or even two years ago. I want to be proof to you that we're under construction. So when you compare me now to two years ago, you say, hey, Joey's grown in the Lord. And you can be the same thing. So it's the beginning of where we're at. God meets us there, and it's faith going forward. And then, really, this story has action, which is why I say get your hustle on. Because in this, in this incredible story of the supernatural, there was the beginning of, like, just this is what you got. You got one vessel of oil. Okay, that's where we start. But then there's this promise, like, Picture these full vessels in your house because that's what you're going to do when you get them. But then there's a responsibility because it says in verse 5, so she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. They had to go out and get the vessels. And notice when the vessels were poured, when the vessels were filled, look at this verse, verse 6, I think it is, yes. She said uh, to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Body of Christ, WG. To the exact extent that they went and got vessels is the exact amount of vessels that were filled. What they put in is what they got. This is the universal law of sowing and reaping. 
I say this now more than ever. The number one law in the universe physically is gravity. The number one law in the universe spiritually is sowing and reaping. So I'm going to give you a couple thoughts about sowing and reaping to wrap up tonight. Haman, for evil, Haman built the noose 100 feet tall to hang Mordecai on it. Remember the story in the book of Esther? But in fact, the tables were turned and Haman was hung on the very gallows he built for Mordecai. He sowed, he reaped. In the measure he used, it was used for him. It was perfect justice. In the book of Judges, there's the king that they caught in the first chapter, and they cut off his thumbs and his toes. And he said, this is a perfect justice because 70 kings whose thumbs and toes I had cut off used to sit at my table begging for food. It was perfect justice that his thumbs and toes were cut off, and he himself confessed it. I believe in eternity with the perfect justice of Jesus Christ. Everyone will say yes and amen to that justice. Eternity will be for me and for you exactly what we sowed in time. That's why people who don't want, people who don't want Jesus in this life, it would be hell for them to be with Jesus in eternity. They sowed antichrist. So for eternity, they get antichrist. They built their own private dark hell, and that's what they get for all eternity. But we chose the Savior. We choose the Savior, and we choose light and life and the life of men. So we get to go to light and life and the light of men. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Plain in Luke 6, In the measure you judge, it will be judged of you. Judge not, lest you be judged. Condemn not, lest you be condemned. In the measure you give, it will be given. In Galatians 6, it says, Do not be deceived. For a man or a woman, for whatever we sow, we shall reap. Whatever we sow, we shall reap. If we sow to the flesh, we will reap corruption. If we sow to the Spirit, we will reap life. So let's sow life. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, the one to the merciful, they will obtain mercy. It's how it works. And of course, economically, because that's all spiritual and practical in the human experience, Economically, we're told there in 2 Corinthians that if we sow bountifully, we will reap bountifully. If we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. So when we think about personal finances, your number one equity is your monthly income. That's your number one asset. And to live within that income, and it's been hard, by the way, I have to admit, five items at Albertsons for 55 bucks the other night. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even need a bag. Five items, 55 bucks. We get it. We all get it. So we either have to slightly alter our living standard less than what we're used to or generate more revenue. But obviously, my dollar, your dollar, does not go as far as it does this year at this time as it did last year. Yes and amen. That's just a fact. We know that. Hey, that honey was $10. Now it's 15 at Albertsons. Those capsules... At coffee bean, they were six dollars. Now they're ten. That's forty percent inflation. Okay, but we have to find a way. F A W. Find a way. It's one of my abbreviations I use these days. Hey, no excuses. F A W. Find a way. Proverbs says a wise man scales the city wall and takes it. Find a way. So we have to find a way. The dollar doesn't go as far. So if you can't get a side hustle to generate more revenue, we have to do some things. Because we, we are meant to be the head, not the tail, and givers, not takers. 
That's how it's meant to be. And I want to sow bountifully. So if I can, if I can appreciate my income, by the way, I wrote down recently 13 things I love about my job. Number one was I work for the Lord, which is being a pastor, right? But really, even if you're a ditch digger, you still work for the Lord ultimately. But in there, I was like, I'm grateful for my income. I'm grateful for my job. It's good to have that perspective. And so I need to live within those means. So this is my income. I, I set you know, 10% to the Lord. We're saving and we're sowing beyond even what we're saving. So it's like, like it's all possible. Shaquille O'Neal said you can live on 50% of what you make. And he's a multi-multi-millionaire. One of the smartest business people you know is Shaquille O'Neal. He gets a piece of paper, cuts it in pieces. like, you can live on that. Go home and figure it out. Find a way. So we want to sow. We want to sow. We want to sow the character of Christ in our life by spending time in his word and being before the Lord and walking in humility. We want to sow the fingerprints of Christ in the world around us by how we treat other people, how we act, how we react, how we respond. We want to sow love, grace, mercy, compassion, empathy. When they knock on the door for vessels, we want to give them vessels because we want to bless them and see them blessed and brought out of their certain situation that they're in. We're not the creditor. What we can take, we're like, what are the neighbors with the vessels? Here, let me get some more. Hey, honey, let's get some more vessels for the neighbor. Hey, because we love the widow and we care about the widow and we care about our sons. And what's being a human being if you don't help your neighbor in need? That's what Christ came to do. That's who we are. We're the church. We've changed the world for 2,000 years, not the Darwinist, not the Marxist, not the communist. We're givers, not takers. And we do so because we choose to, not because we have to. Because that's Christ and that's the hope of glory. So we sow bountifully. And in so doing, we, we get our vessels, we get those vessels, and what we put in, we get back. And once you step in eternity, you can't come down and re-sow again. This is it. How you sow in November 2022 is who you are and where you are, and that's going to be eternity tomorrow. So if you don't like how your reaping is going to look on the day of the Lord, then we need to change our sowing and change our thinking. And have greater faith and bigger faith and not be small-minded, but be big-minded with the God of the universe is calling our life and what we can do as a legacy for the human experience in Jesus' name. Get those vessels, go big, fill them up, make it work, make it happen, and do something great. Lose our life, give our life, sow our life. And we will never, we're blessed. God wants to bless his people. And the greatest blessing is to make us like Christ for time and eternity. That's what happens when we go all in with one jar of oil and all that we are. We let go all the hurt and the pain. We sow every good thing that Christ would have us sow from our minds, thoughts, from our hearts, disposition, and from our words declaration, our mouth's declaration. And by the way, I close with this. Did you notice last week was a double portion, right? It was a double portion. Elijah asked for a double portion. Do you realize this woman got the double portion? Not only did she get the money she needed to get the credit off her back, she got the money she needed to live for tomorrow. Did you catch that? She got the double portion. Her debt, she got, Elijah said, pay the creditors with this and now live off the extra. Our God's a blessing God. It's never about the money. It's always about the heart and where it's looking and where it's going. So be reminded from this story that God knows our situation. 
Be the, be the hero in this story, not the villain, because there's a villain and there's heroes. Be the woman of faith. How about the boys getting their hustle on? Hey, do you want to work for the creditor and be a slave, or do you want to work for the Lord? They ran, they ran through the neighborhood, knock on every door they could. Vessels, vessels. Like, hey, the motivation was high. This is a great story with great principles and lessons. Keep the Lord first in all things, and if we've made a, mis- uh, a mistake and a mess of finances, just take it to the Lord, hand him your one jar of oil, and say, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go forward, let's get our hustle on, show us what to do, you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we're going to sow bountifully, we're going to believe largely, and we know that you got this whole universe in control, and we want our life to be fulfilled in you, we want to fulfill your calling on our life, we want to change the world for good, the solution, not the problem, and we want to go to glory, so let's go, here's our jar of oil, in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our church YouTube channel. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. For more information about Pastor Joey personally, you can follow him on his Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and God bless.